John Boy Media has a new teammate. It's iHeart Podcasts. What does it mean? John Boy Media shows can now be found over at the Dan Patrick Show. That's right. How cool is that? Wake and Jake and Jimmy's three things have joined the iHeart Podcast and Dan Patrick Show family. And the best part, they'll still continue to be the same shows you know and love. If you couldn't tell, we're excited about this one. And thank you guys for listening. Yo! What's up? What's up, player? How you doing? I'm doing all right. Still in Vegas for another few days. How many more days you got? Sunday. So what do we got? Monday? It's going to be a while. That's all right. I'm going to position this a little bit better. Happened? Your camera was dirty or something? Yeah, it was dirty. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, yeah, camera was dirty. Had to clean it. So I showed everybody my belly button. Probably wasn't the best look this morning. No, that's okay. Got to be proud of who you are. Yeah, uh, you're a good-looking guy, Chris. Don't ever be self-conscious, okay? No, nah, I got to go. Dude, I kind of work out. I've been eating, like, crap and sitting on my ass. Intelligent. Not really. Really better. But, what, you know, we're working on it. Okay, so welcome to baseball today. We're going to start with a big old shout-out to our girl, Kelsey Wingert, uh, from Farm to Fame, right yeah. here at the John Boy Media family. Speaking of family... Hers is extending. She got uh, engaged to her fiance Casey. Congratulations to those two. So that was that was pretty. Did you see her ring? I did. I was gonna say like obviously Casey, very lucky guy. Kelsey's awesome, but also Kelsey, like you're lucky because that guy's like a stud. He is a stud. Like, good hair. He's like jacked. Like he's a pretty yeah. like good dude. Perfect. Yep. Love that. Yeah, we all look forward to meeting him. So, uh, welcome to our John Boy Media family. It's a crazy family, but it's a great family to be a part of. Uh, so, unfortunately, we're going to start off with the New York Mets. And not to talk about them winning series or anything, but we're going to talk about this. Uh, Javier Baez was asked about the thumbs-down gesture after the game on Sunday. He said it was in reaction to the fans booing. He said... I want to let them know that. When we should say is we're gonna do the same thing to to know how to to let them know how how it feels, you know, because if we win together, then we we gotta to lose together. When we're successful now, we're gonna show you how it feels because it doesn't feel very good. Sandy Alderson, team president, came out with a statement denouncing that statement and saying we're gonna have a little team meeting about it. Is it really that big a deal, the thumbs down issue, or did Alderson overreact? Uh, yes, there's a lot of overreaction, Chris. Alderson overreacting, the media overreacting. And look, I'm a fan now. I'm one of you guys. The fans overreacted as well. I think Javi worded it completely wrong. I think that's where the fault was. I don't think the Mets were in the clubhouse saying, like, screw the fans, it's us against them. Like, I don't think that ever happened. I think it was more of like, look, everyone's counting us out right now. Like, let's go out there and it's us versus the world. How many times have you heard a clubhouse come up with a mantra like that? Now, they started doing the thumbs down thing. Probably not the best look. And then Javi coming to say that turned it into this now. But if you look on Twitter, um, I talked to a couple dudes on the Mets. Like, it's, it just blew up. It's not what it was made out to be. Everybody, if you watch, I think Trevor May, Taiwan Walker, everyone, Kevin Pillar, everyone's kind of just laughing about it on Twitter because it got blown up. Like, this isn't what it is. Like, we're not, we're not saying F you to the fans. I don't think any player in their right mind would ever 
do something like that. They understand how important the fans are. So um, I think it was misconstrued. I think Sandy came out, coming out and doing that, like he's trying to protect, you know, the Mets brand a little bit. He's, he's thinking on the front office side, but I think it all just got blown out of proportion. And honestly, it's just kind of, it's Metsy. Like that's, it's been that way. Like things happen to the Mets for some reason that make us chuckle. I don't know if it's New York media. I don't know what it is, but this got blown out of proportion. It shouldn't be this big of a story. Okay. Well, so there's a lot to unpeel here in my opinion. You know, I saw Marcus Stroman with the tweet that, oh, this is the media blown out. Well, hold on. It was your teammate that explained the gesture. Yeah. To me, the mistake is not doing the thumbs down. And by the way, he wasn't the only one. Pilar did it. Uh, Lindor did it. We've seen some shots of other guys doing it. The mistake was how this has been handled by the Mets. And, and they've been fumbling things for several weeks now under this current regime. Their owners screwed up by blasting their team publicly. People could say, well, he's the owner. He's allowed to do it. Of course he's allowed to do it. It just wasn't smart to do it. And by the way, the Mets players are allowed to do this too. It's just not to explain. It's not smart to explain to us why yeah. you're doing it. Javi just should have been like, yeah, it's just a fun little thing we're doing as a team. And then we would have yeah. moved on. Now, it's yeah. great for us because we get to talk about fun, weird stuff like this. But it's just – it's causing a split between the players and the fans when they all should try and be rowing in the right direction – if you listen to what Javi Baez said, there's a lot of truth and accuracy in what he said. We yeah. tend to forget as fans that you guys have families, your daddies, your husbands, your sons, your brothers, and it sucks when people start railing on you and booing you because you know that you know when you suck, Ploof. You know when you're not playing your best. Yeah, more than anybody, you know when you suck. There's uh, there's so much at stake in the big leagues. I know Javi Baez has already had a good career. Uh, he's made some money. He's going to be a free agent this year. But it still hurts, man. You know, he wants to win. He comes to New York. He's, he's from an organization, the Cubs, where he won a bunch. Mm -hmm. You know, now he's coming over to the Mets trying to, to do his thing. He's not performing well. I know he wants right. to. Performance trumps all, Chris. I'll say it once. I'll say it forever, man. If these guys were out there banging and they were doing this – no one would care, but like it's coinciding with you know like a bad stretch of New York baseball where they're finding themselves still under five hundred. He just used the wrong words, dude. Like well, that's thinking here. It was just a little bit too. It just really was because ser seriously, I think I agreed with eighty percent of what he said. It's just the headline is going to be that because it's players against fans, and in fact, there's there's a picture of Lindor standing on second base, I think, doing this, and it's all over social media. It seeped into the NFL world. Jim Ursay, the owner of the Indianapolis Colts, said on his retweet, he posted that he said, are you giving that sign to also to the 10-year-old 10 10 year kid who's wearing your jersey? Oof. Yeah, and so all of a sudden, it becomes a bigger issue than just in New York and just in baseball. It's going to be talked about on all the shows that don't talk about baseball because it's something so different and then there's going to be a rift between players and the New York City fan base. And we just could have been avoided if all he had said was, ah, oh, it's just a team rallying cry. That's all. And also, there's not a rift between players and the fans. I bet if you went to a Mets game, right. if Baez went over to sign autographs, there'd be a million Mets fans. Absolutely. All Absolutely. It's just the perception yes. of what it is. It's not necessarily the reality of what it is. That's, we've already talked about this enough. Okay. 
we're, move on? We're, flaming, we're, we're fanning the flame right now. Yeah, but it is interesting. I mean, we can't ignore it. You're right. Okay, but let's move on to some really, really good series. we got four current playoff holders right now that are playing a pair of critical series out west. Which one's more interesting to you over the next few days? Milwaukee at San Francisco, Atlanta at Los Angeles. That's a good question, Chris. I like this one, dude. Yeah. I think I was going to go with like the rematch of the Atlanta three games to one thing. Yep. Dodgers or some really good pitching matchups. I even might go to the game on Wednesday, but I'm going Giants, Brewers. I love these games. I love Council and I love Kapler. I love that the Brewers are on the road throwing their freaking horses. I love everything about it. I think I think right now, I think these these, are, these playoff matches are switched. It'd be Giants, Dodgers, Brewers, Braves. As if, long as LA wins, as long as LA wins the one game playoff, wins the wild card exactly. But I love I love this Brewers, um, the Brewers Giants matchup. I, I, if I had to give my team right now that's going to win in the NL, like win the NL pennant, it's the Brewers. But the Giants have been that team all freaking season long. So I'm excited to see how these two teams clash up. They're actually constructed very similarly too. So this is going to be like a really fun, good brand of baseball where like all the fans are going to – should enjoy it, the old school fans and like the new school fans. Like there's really fun players on these teams. And then there's also some stuff for like the old school baseball heads. So – Excellent series. Can't wait to watch it, especially in that ballpark. Beautiful setting. I don't think either of us would be upset if either one of these series were the NLCS. I mean, they're that good. They're that entertaining. I would only say Atlanta, L.A., because I think, I think there's more on the line. The Brewers have such a substantial lead in the National League Central. Even if they get swept, it's not going to have much of an impact on, on anything in the standings. But every game in that L.A. Atlanta series not only affects the NL West uh, and or the NL wildcard, but the NL East as well. I know we've, we've basically put everybody else to bed, but the lead isn't that substantial to the point where if the Braves go on a little bit of a slide, sure. if Philadelphia gets it together, if the Mets turn it up instead of turning it down, you just never know. So that's, that's the only reason I would say that. Yeah, what do we got right now? The lead is five, four and a half. Yeah, I mean, they gotta win. They gotta win ball games. I'm excited. I'll tell you, the pitching matchup I'm most excited to see in both these series is Freed versus Scherzer. Yeah, obviously, I have a lot invested in, in Max. I love the kid, but like, this guy coming home facing the big dog Scherzer. He's seen him before with the Nationals, so I'm excited. Oh yeah, and Freed's really turned it around. Remember the first few months, he was kind of flip flopping, a little banged up. Hadn't really gotten it, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, Max V. Max, baby. Let's go. Yeah. Max, Maximus's. One's the most handsome, nicest person in the world, and the other one's this crazy MFer that's really good at baseball. Yes, he is. All right. Um, I want to know which number out of these three most caught your eye this weekend. Rays crushed the O's, who finished their season series 18-1. and one. Wander Franco has reached base safely in 29 straight, most by a player under age 21 since Frank Robinson in 1956. Or Salvi's now homered in five straight games and has 17 since the All-Star break. I love me some Salvi, but you opened my eyes to Wander Franco. I got off to a tough start. Yep. 
but what he's doing now is, is incredible. He's 20 freaking years old, Chris. <laughs> switch hitters had much more success against left-handed pitchers. Um, 952 OPS against lefties, only a 691 against righties. When you're a lefty masher, mm-hmm. you're going to be a lefty masher. Do I expect him to have a 952 OPS against lefties? Probably not, but I bet you it's going to be throughout his career somewhere in the high eights. Once that once his left-handed stroke comes up, he's going to put up even better numbers. And as a 20-year-old, um, collectively right now, Chris, mm-hmm. that's 83 OPS, 122 OPS plus. That's great for a veteran, a 20-year-old doing that. And what really caught my eye, I was like, okay, let me, let me look at the strikeouts to walks. That's what I like to do with young guys. Like, is it outrageous? Is he close? You want to be like one walk, two strikeouts. That's about average. That'll play. And right now he is just that he is. Where is it? 18 walks, 34 strikeouts. So he's just under that one to two ratio. And mm-hmm. I think that's better. So Juan Franco, uh, June was June wasn't great. Uh, July was a little bit better. August, he been banging. So because yeah. he's everybody loves to see these superstars come up and have success. You know, we've seen it lately with Tatis and and Vladdy. Um, like this guy's going to be mentioned with these with those two guys uh, very shortly. Well, for me, it's Salvador Perez. I have always loved him. I, I, I'm just, I'm a, I've always been a fanboy. I love the way he carries himself. I think he represents that organization wonderfully. To me, the Royals are honestly one of the most disappointing teams of 2021. I thought with that offense that they would have been hanging in there, at least been around 500 right now. I mean, this, it's been a dog shit year for them. And if I, if I had been home, I'd be wearing a Kansas City Royals hat in honor of Salvi. So he's got 38 homers, which I believe is the most ever by an American League catcher. He has a chance to be the first catcher to lead a league in home runs since Johnny Bench did it in 1972. Uh, People forget, this is the time of year when catchers are beaten up, they're worn down, their fingers are a complete mess, their, their whole body's hurt. And, oh, by the way, this guy competed and mashed in the home run derby. He did. And let this be a lesson to you. That does not ruin your swing. It might make you a little tired for a few days. But how good is he? 17 home runs since the All-Star break? He's the real deal. He is the real deal. And you know what you're saying? Like, most catchers are banged up. Like, Sal's especially banged up because he plays every freaking day. Got it, dude. He was backing up Sal. He's like, I have the – He's like, it kind of sucks for me, but I have the best job in the world. I just sit there. Like, Salvi catches every freaking day. Yeah. And there's one other thing about him. Most people at this time of year aren't watching a lot of Royals baseball. I do because they play the Indians 19 times a year. Watch when the pitching coach comes out. And I forget if it's Cal. I forget who it is these days. When the pitching coach comes out, he runs the meeting on the mound. Yeah. That's, oh. his, that's his place. Your, your boys in the chat here, Carlos Baerga, one of my guys, too, growing up. Jim yeah. Cleveland Indians. Yeah. 41% throwing runners out, too. Sal still got it. He's got that hose, man. He's not afraid to throw behind runners and pick dudes off. I also love that. Check out a sequence I did with him. Yeah. Picking off the base. Carlos, it's good to have you in the chat. Huge Carlos Baerga fan. I had a chance to meet him a few years ago. I think it was out in Arizona when the Indians were playing out there. Loved by Erga, part of the mid-90s regime that helped put Indians baseball back on the mat. And I love the way he ran. Carlos was a straight-up runner, just like me, baby. So, yeah. Okay. 
Uh, Yankees' win streak ended this weekend. In fact, they lost the series out in Oakland. Uh, today they'll try to start anew with Corey Kluber on the mound for the first time since May. Scale of 1 to 5, how important is Kluber's return to this squad? Like, <laughs> this is no disrespect to Kluber. So, cause I think oh, it- gosh. Hold on, stop. You can't start off <laughs> saying it because you're about to disrespect somebody when you use that. I promise you I'm not. I promise you I'm not. Okay. He can be like a five, but he doesn't need to be a five importance to them. Okay. He needs to go in there and just give him some meaningful innings. He's actually had a really good year. I didn't know that he – I knew he came off the no-hitter, which helped, obviously helped everything. He doesn't have a ton of starts under his belt. But he's sitting right at a three. Well, he had a good – can we clarify that? He had a shitty April and a really good May, and then he yeah. got hurt. Yeah, he had an he had an eight uh, eight inning pitch, zero in runs, and a, and a mm-hmm. hitter, which really helped his overall numbers. So he's been kind of up and down, right? Uh, but you need as many pitchers as you can get going into the postseason. Obviously, the Yankees can win without him. They just showed that by winning a zillion in a row. Uh, but when you have a guy like Kluber and his pedigree, he's pitched in big games before. Look. You can go get three innings out of him right now. I don't think he's stretched out to go give you nine right now. He doesn't need to be. But go eat some innings up, save the bullpen a little bit, and then we'll see where we're at during the postseason. Where, where is he going to slot in? It all depends on how this last month goes. If, he's, if he goes off, shoot, he could be the three. But they don't yeah. need to be that. They just need to go eat some innings up, be a, be a veteran voice in there, and save the bullpen a little bit because that's what it all comes down to in the playoffs is three main starters who they kind of already have with Cole, Tyone, and Montgomery, and then save the bullpen. If Kluber could be in that bullpen mix – Come October, we'll see. But I wish him all the best because I do love Klubes. It's good to see him back. Yeah. By the way, a lot of people are reminding me. It was a four-game series starting on Thursday. They split the four-game set. So I apologize to all you hard-hitting Yankee fans out there. Uh, as far as how I would grade it, I would say it's about a three and a half. Okay. Uh, if the May Kluber returns, it's really going to help them. And by the way, you left out Cortez when talking about the Yankees rotation, bro. Come on, man. Because I think – He's going to be a swing guy. I don't think he's going to be – like, if he starts games, he's going to be an opener. He can piggyback with people. I don't think he's going to be straight up in that rotation. I know, but, man. He's fun, though. How great would it be if he started a playoff game, like, in a five-game series for the New York Yankees? It, it, it would be an amazing story. By the way, it absolutely happened. He could be an opener for a guy. Totally. Like, like, they could match up. Totally. All right, last one. Let's talk about uh, the Dodgers' newest reliever, Justin Turner, who – apparently has been bugging Dave Roberts for years about wanting to pitch. He came in with two on and nobody out against Colorado in the ninth, got three straight hitters on 10 pitches. Were you entertained or were you sitting there like, why are you using one of your best players on the mound? Oh, I don't care about using Turner. It was just interesting. And I'm still trying to find a reason why in a five Oh game, he decided to use a position player. And like, he he said a few things. But it didn't really make sense to me, Chris. Well, so here's the deal. I think if I've read this right, and I don't, I don't know if it is, that the Dodgers have used 38 pitchers this year. Is that possible? Yeah, with the COVID uh, stuff. Yeah, I bet you. Yeah. I think that's what it was. And I think they even used Kenley in the eighth yesterday. That's what I'm saying. He said, I didn't want to burn my high leverage guys because it felt like the game was out of hand. But they burned Kenley in the eighth. Right. He, in, in the article that I read, says he hasn't gone three days in a row the entire right. season. Now he's burned for tonight. Yes, against a really good team. So it's, it was a strange situation. Hey, guess what, though? It worked out. 
like it worked. He didn't have to use his relievers, and Turner got uh, out of the inning without giving up any runs. So they had the chance, but strange. I'm happy for Justin. You get to live out a lifelong dream because that is fun. Every single position player, mind you, goes to the manager and says, I want to be the guy. I want to do that. And then what happens, Chris, is you get on the mound and you're like, shit. <laughs> now what? <laughs> Everyone's looking at me. Damn it. I know. All of a sudden, all those years they've made fun of pitchers for not being athletes and not being everyday players. You're like, okay, damn. Let's take something special. You hear it from every single one of those guys. But I'm sorry. Maybe it's the dad in me for the reason I didn't want to see Justin out there. All I can think about is the one Conseco pitching incident where he went out there and he pitched and he needed like Tommy John because of it. Yeah, because his muscles were way too big for tendons, dude. <laughs> and why was that, Trevor? Because <laughs> he was probably shooting hair, uh, horse steroids up there. That's <laughs> All right, we got to get this thing wrapped. Uh, a couple of things. First of all, what's on your hat? Because I'm reading it backwards. Uh, it says feature. It's just a brand, the Calabasas brand. You know. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, what do you got coming up on John Boy Media? I know why you're wearing your hat, but I'll let you explain it. Um, right after this, we got the series recap. Monday, the boys are back at Talking Baseball. I also have to record a sequence today that will be coming out tomorrow. Uh, a lot of fun things, man. The content never stops, Chris. What you got? Yeah, never. Uh, so the reason I'm wearing the old A's elephant hat is because Andrew Chafin is my guest today on the Rose Rotation. Uh, it just dropped. He is the epitome of a left-handed reliever. Dude looks like he just walked out of the A's clubhouse from the early 70s with the big poofy afro, the handlebar mustache. Uh, amazing stories. He actually does the interview from Chris Bassett's house. That's where he's staying since he got traded from Chicago to Oakland. Uh, great. He gives us a little tour of the house. Uh, he just talks about – he's really easygoing and fun to root for. And a lot of people say, well, hold on, where are your rotation guys? In fact, Giolito texted me this weekend. He's like, did I get bounced from the rotation? Uh, I said, no, Lucas. I said, no, we're getting, we're circling back. It's just my schedule has been so wonky because of battle bots. We have very few days off. And the only days off I've had have coincided with Daisy pitches. So we can't, we're trying to make that work. So uh, we'll be shooting at least one, hopefully two more on Wednesday with a couple of special guests. We're going to get back on the real idea of the rotation where we have our co-host and a guest with us. So that's all going to happen in the near future. Hey, I feel lucky that I get to talk to you every day. This is a privilege. Yeah, you're not that lucky. It really, it's – Michelle will tell you for about 10,000 reasons why you're really not that fortunate. Uh, I do have the day off. In five minutes, i got to do an NFL Network seminar for about two and a half hours. Then i got the rest of the day off in Vegas. Ooh. I think I'm going to sit in 108-degree heat out by the pool. Do that, man. Get some good food. Get you some sushi today, okay? Yeah, dude. I've On these productions, when they're 13-hour shoot days, you're very sedentary, and you're not eating good stuff. I need to get back on the train. Let's go. Don't be getting all flabby on me, bro. Come on. Dude, I think <laughs> when I cleaned my camera for the first false start of the John Boy, I think I showed off exactly what's been going on in my belly and inside my linted be belly button. Are you inside? <laughs> do, you, do you carry lint in your belly button? No. Uh, you must you must have six-pack abs. I don't have a six-pack, but it's not like a cavern. Yeah, every I think every piece of lint finds its way into my belly button. I know this got weird. All right, um, everybody have a wonderful Baseball Monday. Enjoy the abbreviated schedule, but some really, really good games out there. 
And uh, thanks for soaking up the John Boy Media content. We really appreciate it. We're back at it again tomorrow. Same time, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Okay with you? Yes. Yeah. We'll see you then. Peace out.